what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The flesh gets easily distracted by what's going on in the world. And Satan, he uses the things of the world to try to pull you away from God. And the further away you get from God, the harder it is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. 1 Kings, chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go and show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went and showed himself to Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Go to the book of James. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 17. James chapter 5, verse 17. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning Elijah's weakness. There are many characters in the Bible that God has used to perform mighty works. And we have a tendency when we read about such individuals to put them up on the pedestal as an example as to what we think we ought to measure up to. And Elijah is one such individual. There's no other prophet in the Bible that is more vividly described and imitated than that of Elijah. God gave this man the ability to control the weather, God moved upon this man and used him to raise the dead, the first one ever in the Bible to be raised from the dead. It was done by the hands of Elijah. God performed a great miracle of provision, a provision of food during a time of famine. God allowed fire to come down out of heaven 
and to consume a sacrifice in front of all the people. And Elijah played his part in that as well. And hundreds of people gave their hearts to the Lord. And we look at this man and how God used him in these things. And like I said, we have a tendency to put people up on a pedestal. But understand that Elijah was a man with like passions, just like we are. Everyone has weaknesses. Everyone has issues. Every one of us have things that we struggle with. There is no such thing as a super-Christian. And we have to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, when we place people up on a pedestal. Because when you put your focus and your faith and trust in a man, sooner or later that man will fail you. But let me tell you where you're to place your faith at and your focus upon. It is upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one through whom we should put up on a pedestal and imitate and try to follow. He is the one, ladies and gentlemen, that we are to look to. To put anyone up on a pedestal, you're setting them up to fail as well as yourself. So we have to be careful with that. Now, the Bible tells us that the time of these particular happenings, that there was a famine in the land, this had been going on now for some three years. The ground is cracked and parched. The farmers are not able to go out and sow the seed and reap a crop. Because there's been no rain now for three years. The animal kingdom has been affected. The wild animals are dying. Even the livestock is dying. There's not a green leaf to be found anywhere in the land. There's a shortage of food. And people are dying the silent death. They're so weakened because they've not eaten anything that they lay down and they die. It was sore in the land. And this, of which I've tried to describe to you this morning, this physical condition of Israel was but a shadow of their spiritual condition. And the Bible says, after many days, 1 Kings 18, verse 1. This phrase sobs with the anguish of God. Because all that was taking place was so unnecessary. It did not have to be this way. But it was. We're seeing the same thing take place in America today. The same thing is taking place in our country today. And for over two centuries, our country has enjoyed blessings that other countries of the world have not enjoyed. And I believe the reason for 
the blessings in this country is because of the Judeo-Christian principles of the Word of God that our country is founded upon. That is the reason for the blessing in this country. Secondly, I believe the reason for the blessing in this country is because of the stand we have taken with Israel, at least in the past. Number two. Number three, our greatest export is still the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the reason why our country has enjoyed the blessings that it has enjoyed. But we're drifting away from that now, and we're drifting very quickly. I believe in the separation of church and state. But there are those who have taken it further than what the founding fathers intended. I believe that the state has no business meddling in the affairs of the church, the separation of church and state. But it has been taken to a point now that it is the separation of God and state. And ladies and gentlemen, when we do that, let me tell you, we're on the sure found road to destruction. Today, the process of everything is going through the roof. My brother here said their freezer went out this week. He went to the store to buy a freezer. Not a freezer to be found anywhere except the floor model. And they sold him that, said it would be after January before they got any more freezers in. I know a store right now, there's such a lack of food now. They had to take out one of their freezers in the store. They ain't got enough product to put in there to justify running those things anymore. Now you think of that. Neighbor we got three more years of this to put up with. Are you hearing me? This is only the beginning. People are struggling. Empty shelves in the store everywhere. Crime is at an all-time high. All of these are things, they are shadows of our spiritual condition. In the mid-1800s, Tocqueville, who was one of the great French philosophers, he came to the shores of this country searching, seeking, trying to find what it was that made our country so great. He visited our factories, our industries, He went to our educational institutions, Harvard, Princeton, Yale. Was not able to find what it was. He visited the hallowed halls of Congress and still was not able to find what it was. It wasn't until he visited America's churches and he heard preachers with thundering tones, calling men to righteousness. That's when he found out what it was. And he said, America is great because America is good. And when America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. 
our country has been in declension now for many years. Forty years ago, in the early 1980s, a questionnaire was sent out. Four questions were sent out to 10,000 preachers across different denominations. And here were the questions. Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? 51% of the Methodist preachers said no. 35% of the Presbyterian preachers said no. 30% of the Episcopal preachers said no. 33% of the Baptist preachers said no. They do not believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, you ain't even saved. And that ain't my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. Another question that was asked, do you believe in the virgin birth? 60% of the Methodist preachers said no. 44% of the Episcopal preachers said no. 49% of the Presbyterian preachers said no. 44% of the Baptist preachers said no. 19% of the American Lutheran preachers said no. They do not believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. You think of that. That was 40 years ago. Another question that was asked, Do you believe in Satan and demon spirits? 33% of the Baptist preachers said no. 62% of the Methodist preachers said no. 37% of the Episcopal preachers said no. 47% of the Presbyterian preachers said no. They do not believe that Satan and demon spirits exist. And then the last question that was asked, do you believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of Almighty God. 82% of the Methodist preachers said no. 89% of the Episcopal preachers said no. 81% of the Presbyterian preachers said no. 57% of the Lutheran preachers said no. No. Ladies and gentlemen, these are individuals that stand behind the sacred desk week after week and they preach poison to the people. And this survey was taken 40 years ago. And look at where we are today. In 2008, a survey was released by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. 35,000 people across different denominations were asked this question. 
Is there only one way to heaven? 57% of the evangelical church attenders said that they believed that many religions can lead to eternal life in direct conflict with their traditional evangelical teaching. And when confronted with this and asked, why do you believe that? The most common answer was this. There's more than just one way to interpret the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We have drifted today from our foundation. We have drifted today from the Word of God. And if you want to go in the stores and you see the empty shelves and you want to blame Joe Biden or you want to blame Obama or you want to blame Trump or the Democrats or the Republicans, you are a fool because they are just a symptom of the problem. The problem lies at the doorstep of the church in America. That's where the problem is at, coming from the pulpit in America today. There's a drought and a famine in our country today because there is a drought and a famine of the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that the Word of the Lord came to Elijah. The Word of the Lord came to Elijah couple of things I want to say here. First of all, Elijah had to have an ear to hear what the Lord was saying. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this right here is extremely important. Not only for the preacher of the Word of God, but for you who sit in the pew. Every child of God must have an ear to hear. Jesus stressed this. In, in the book of Revelation, he said to every church, he that has an ear, Revelation 2 verse 7, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Why would he say that so much? Because the flesh gets easily distracted by what's going on in the world. And Satan uses that. He uses the things of the world to try to pull you away from God. And the further away you get from God, the harder it is to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So having an ear to hear is going to require some effort on our part. We've got to watch out and be careful with these distractions. You've got to come to the place that you understand yourself. You've got to realize what your weakness is. Look at the person in front of you or beside you today. There's a problem with every single one of us in here today. 
There are issues there, and you have got to identify what your weakness is. And take it to the Lord in prayer. And as the Lord's prayer says, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We all have weaknesses. Elijah had weaknesses. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. He had an ear to hear what God had to say. A lot of times, it is our issue, our problem is not understanding what God said, but it's putting it into practice. Are you hearing me? See, Elijah knew what he was supposed to do. There was a struggle there. There was an issue there. Putting it into practice. That's where the problem's at. I remember back years ago when I was in college. Can you believe that? I went to college. <laughs> you didn't have to laugh that loud, brother. <laughs> yes, I went to a technical school. Took up electrical installation and maintenance. Graduated top of my class with a 3.92 average for the whole year. Pretty good for old country boy that graduated from Southern Nash in Nash County. <laughs> but I'll never forget what my teacher told me. He said, James, he said, you've got it up here. And I'm pointing to my head right now for those of you listening by radio. He said, you've got it up here. Your problem is you've got to get it from here to here, my, from my head to my hands. Are, are you hearing me? That's where the experience comes in at. Because you, if you can't get it from your head to your hands then it's not doing you much good. And the problem with most of us today, we can quote the Word of God. We, we can talk a good talk. It's our walk that's a little bit wobbly. Uh, are you hearing me? It's our walk that's a little bit wobbly. That's where the problem is at. That's where the weakness is at. That's why I say every single one of us in here their weaknesses, their struggles, their issues. And we have no right to put anyone up on a pedestal, including the preacher. Because that one you placed on the pedestal, let me tell you, if you get a chance to work with them a little while and hang around them a little while, after a while you're going to see the flaws. You're going to see the inconsistencies. You're going to see the frustrations. You're going to see that they have like passions just like you do, see. So understand that. The Bible says in the third year, 1 Kings 18 verse 1, 
up to this point, it had been three years since Elijah stood before Ahab and said, There will not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Three years. And then in James 5, verse 17, he said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it rain not, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Now wait a minute. Three years into the famine, the Lord told Elijah to go see Ahab. What happened the other six months? Are you getting that? Are you understanding that? God spoke to Elijah three years in. Go to Ahab. But the famine lasted three years and six months. What was going on during that six-month period of time? Y'all come on back next week and I'll tell you. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.